0: Welcome, happy Monday It is Lily, or She Got Faith, the host of Healing She Got Faith I am the founder as well as Healing She Got Faith And the author of Everyone Has a Story Welcome to episode 6 of the Healing She Got Faith faith show where you will only find us on total entertainment radio shout out to them follow them on instagram facebook to stay up to date with everything how are y'all doing just take a minute just answer even though i can't hear you how are you doing i think that is the question for this monday is how are you what is going on and that is going to be important today because the title of today's episode is to embrace your story so you know that we have been in this series titled everyone has a story after my book every you know everyone has a story and we kind of just been going through like the stages of grief and how how does grief you know what does grief have to do with your story and what is your story how do you embrace it how do you heal so I've been taking you through some steps of what that might look like and so uh, we are coming to an end of this series Um, I am sad but I'm also excited for the new series so um, I'm definitely gonna discuss that but yes episode six wow Wow it's been over a month since I've been on this platform so I'm super super excited today we're definitely going to discuss embracing your story and what that might look like and how you can you know start really enjoying who you are before we get started and even before we do our cards um I know it's been a couple weeks at this point But um, I do want to send prayers and love and healing energy to Nick Cannon for losing his son. Um, That, you know, here at Healing She Got Faith, we take death very seriously, which everybody does. But even to go further, we take adults who grieve very seriously. So we want to send Nick Cannon and the mother of his child. We wanna send them love and prayer and just a lot of healing. And I hope and pray that they're able to walk through this and really, have a chance to grieve their child. As adults, we oftentimes feel that we just have to keep pushing. And as you can see, the day after Nick Cannon's son passed away, he was at work. And oftentimes adults, we do that. We tend to um, make ourselves busy. Because we don't want to be sad or depressed or, you know, it just helps us stay in a more positive mood. And I've just noticed that about adults. And um, while Nick Cannon is not the only person who has lost his child or lost someone, we've, you know, I can guarantee you nine out of 10 people during this time have lost somebody. I've also had friends and family members who have lost kids and lost parents and lost siblings and coworkers, and good friends of theirs so i definitely want to just take a moment to send some prayers and love and really just a lot of healing and positive energy to anybody that's hurting right now this too is part of your story this too is part of who you are and you know it's one thing to go through it and it's another thing to see somebody famous go through it and you feel their pain um I don't know about you all but me i am an empath and i have it so bad so bad that sometimes it's really really dysfunctional and kind of embarrassing um and in the next series i'm definitely going to give you guys some stories about being an empath but for right now before we pick our cards i wanted to just you know, send Nick Cannon, send his whole family just love, prayers, and healing. And I also wanted to send out any any listeners, any listeners, any friends, any family that I, you know, that can hear my voice right now. I just want to let you know, like, I am sending you so much love. I'm sending you the biggest hug. And I just want you to know you're not alone. And we are here with you. And I love you. And I just, I, I just hope that you take the time to grieve the way you need to. So before we start the show, I do want to do that. I am actually coming back off of a vacation. I went to Puerto Rico, which is my mother's land. And um, it, I've been trying to get there since I was 17. So I'm kind of coming back off of sort of like a positive high It was so beautiful. It took me so long to get there, but I finally got there and it was absolutely beautiful. I will be talking more about that in the next series. But wow, like if y'all haven't, definitely just start researching your culture and start researching like where you might come from and just go there like just visit literally that's what i did i released my mom ashes in two places in the island so it's definitely a healing trip and um i'm just so grateful to be able to share this experience with you all so that will be in the next series so i know y'all are waiting let's go ahead and uh, pick our cars, which This week, I will be picking from a deck of cards that I got from uh, BlackFemaletherapist.com. I actually get affirmations from them every day. Uh, I pay like 99 cents a month for that and every day i get a positive affirmation with a picture and i've actually bought two decks from them you can check them out at blackfemaletherapist.com they're on instagram they have a pretty cool website they also have a lot of resources a podcast definitely check them out that is blackfemaletherapist.com i've already picked the cards because today coming in to record um I just needed a refresher, so I kind of picked the cards before so I could come into the show with healing and positive energy. I didn't want to be distracted from what happened before I started recording, so that's just me, you know, being honest with y'all. So I picked three cards. The first one I picked is healing from negative energy today i let go of any negativity in my life i am the architect of my life and i get to build the foundation and choose the content knowing this gives me the courage i need to release and heal any thoughts of negativity in anyone that brings negative vibes my way i attract all that is good and repel all that does not align with my life it feels good to have a life filled with love and light Mm, beautiful the second one is healing from resentment Today, I release resentment. Today, I choose to heal from holding grudges and resentment as they do not serve me. Carrying that burden of resentment is heavy and I'm ready to put it down. When I let loose and let go, I free myself to live in peace. I am forgiving and affirm that I am ready to heal. And a third one is healing from bad habits. Today, I let go of bad habits. Anything that fails to serve my life in a positive way or holds me back, from growth, I release and heal. I refuse to continue to engage in habits that do not fit where I want to be. Freeing myself from these habits truly brings me happiness as I look forward to embracing new way of being a new way of being. Yeah, um, talking about embracing your story today, I think these three cars are so powerful: healing from bad habits, healing from negativity, and healing from resentment. Honestly, in the line of work that I've done, these three things have been what has been holding people back outside of grief, resentment, just being angry and just resenting things that have happened to you and resenting people and the pain that they probably have caused you and situations that you know, were caused from other people. Negativity, Like I don't know about y'all, but I do feel that we're in this special place that it's just so negative (laughs) it's just negative like everybody just has something to complain about everybody has something that they're just not satisfied with it's so easy to be negative instead of embracing and i'm not gonna lie to y'all i'm one of them like sometimes when people are talking to me i listen to myself and i'm like you are so negative right now you are completely negative you're you're not sounding and there are some people that i talk to that i have to have a boundary with because when i do talk to them i notice the only thing that comes out of my mouth is negativity and i don't know if that's the energy they're giving off if that's the energy i'm getting off if it's just the type of conversations that we're having but i've had to set boundaries with certain people because i'm like every time i talk to you it just sounds negative But what I've noticed, and this is a trick for me, is I tend to talk more negative when I'm talking to people who are trying to fix me versus listening. So that is something that I've learned. And I have had to have that conversation with people like, hey, if we're going to talk, I need you to listen, not necessarily try to fix. I know you have no negative intentions, but this is what's happening when we're talking. So that might be something to look into, too. And then bad habits. I am trying to break so many bad habits right now because a lot of times the reasons why I'm not getting where I need to be is because of my bad habits that I have, you know, I'm 30, I've been living in these bad habits for 30 years. So trying to break them, but nevertheless, these are all part of our stories and this is all part of what is bringing us to who we are and where we need to be. So the three cards, Healing from bad habits, healing from negativity, and healing from resentment. From Black Female Therapists. Check them out on Instagram and also go to their website, blackfemaletherapist.com. They have really, really good resources. So these are another card of decks that I really use. I usually use these when I'm like in larger groups because um, one, they have a lot of detail in them, and two, it's a very, very good conversation starter. And as you can see, We talked a lot with using these. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to embrace your story. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Welcome to episode six of the Healing She Got Fate Show. Y'all, it is Monday. How y'all feeling? I asked y'all that earlier, but I don't know. That's just on my heart today. Like, how are my listeners feeling? Like, what's going on in your head? You know, I it's getting closer to the holidays. But this show is airing December 20th. So this week is Christmas, you know, and it can be a stressful time. We talked a lot about the grieving season and the grieving circle, the cycle um, and what that might look like. Holidays aren't the easiest. I know for my family and I, we not feeling it. We not feeling it. Oh, let me tell you, we recently just lost a dog. Uh, Rest in peace, Dexter, our Dexter Wexter. Uh, If y'all don't know, my family has a dog company, Dogverse Kennel. And um, we have different types of dogs that we're breeding, we're training. We have a lot of different things. We even got a store that is opening fairly soon. And we have a couple older dogs that we thought we were going to lose. But we recently just lost one of our other dogs one of our he was pretty young he was only about to turn two and basically what happened was one day he was just really really sick um he wasn't really walking he wasn't eating was kind of throwing up everywhere and we ended up taking him to an emergency hospital And he just wasn't progressing, he was digressing. And we were hoping to pick him up and maybe he could pass away with us, but he ended up passing away before we could bring him home. We don't really know the cause. Again, it's so heartbreaking. So for the first time, I experienced grief with a pet. And before my family became animal people, um, we really didn't understand grieving an animal. We really didn't understand like how people get so connected to animals, but during a really rough time of when we were grieving like my mother's death and when we were grieving just new life, we ended up all getting dogs. And our dogs were our therapy dogs. And they're they're not certified. I do plan on getting my dogs certified to be therapy dogs, but they but they helped us through a lot. And Uh, I remember being in college and learning in the social work industry that there's a whole realm of people, social workers who literally do like grief support for animals, they do all type of works with animals and I used to think that was crazy, but now I get it and so rest in peace to dexter wexter we're actually doing a toy drive so if you guys have any toys or if you want to donate definitely hit me up at info at healing she got we are donating toys to dogs and shelter foster foster dogs and dogs like elderly dogs so Um, the reason for that is every time you walked into the house, every time you saw Dexter, he went and got you a toy to greet you. It was the cutest thing. It was usually his tire. And that was him welcoming you into the house. And so we want to do something in his memory which i've which i've told you all before we try to turn sad days into positive days and we try to do something in their memory so we are definitely doing a toy drive for our dexter wexter again if you would like to donate if you uh and it doesn't have to be monetary it can literally be toys small or big definitely hit us up You could just email me at info at HealingSheGotFaith.com. Just let me know you want to donate and I will definitely get you situated. But I just thought that was so interesting because it's right before Christmas and I experienced a different type of grief. And this is something else that I can also talk to my listeners to because I never thought I would feel or cry over a dog. But Y'all, I was hurt. I am hurt. Like, I'm so sad. I I don't get that tired no more. I don't get greeted at the door no more. So it's definitely sad. Um, my family is really hurt about it. And also too, it just sucks because it's right before the holidays, and grieving during the holiday season is just something different. This too is part of my story now. This too is part of my family story, even though it's not the best story it is part of our story and it's something that we have to learn from It's something that we have to look into It's something that we have to adjust we have to adjust we have to adjust to that new normal and that also too sucks like losing an animal is just like losing a person it's a whole grieving process it's a grieving process it's a hurt process it's a crying process some days you're really good other days you're like oh my gosh he's not here no more so definitely rest in peace to our dexter wexter you will be truly missed no other dog will ever replace you but we're definitely going to keep your memory up and going because you you gave us so much and we loved you so much dexter so We are going to keep his memory going. And I wonder if anybody has ever dealt with this too. And I know the answer to it because, I mean, we're not the only people that's ever lost a dog, right? (laughs) I know we're not. But it is something that I don't think we talk enough about because, you know, as adults, when we lose things, again, we just try to be so strong and we try to be so just move forward when in reality we're really hurt. And so we definitely want to, you know, start embracing that part and start embracing Those things that affected us because it does change you, it does affect your life, it does affect who you are as a person, and we want to start embracing that. So, speaking of embracing, how many of you have something that you view as just ugly? Or at least that's how you you that's your perspective, right? It is so embarrassing. You don't even want to talk about it because it makes you so uncomfortable. It makes you feel ugly inside. It makes you rethink your worth. It makes you question yourself. Like, it's just so much that goes on. I think, I think we all have something in that part. And I believe that there are parts of our story that are just not easy to talk about, there are not. They're not. It's almost like they're not even worth it because our emotions get so tied up. Our emotions become this thing of I just don't want to feel that because it was embarrassing. It was hurtful. It was painful. It it made me feel stupid. It it, it almost makes us talk down to ourselves because why why would you even allow that to happen, right? And those are the parts of the stories that I like to address. Why? Because typically when I meet people, or typically when I have clients that come to me, or typically when I even have friends that come to me, is like I cannot move forward because I just feel so stupid for allowing X, Y, and Z to happen. That ugly part is holding you back when it doesn't have to hold you back. It doesn't have to be the determining factor of your worth, your decision from the past does not dictate who you are now one people change two people grow three we don't know what we don't know meaning and i use me as an example 19 year old lisa was doing way more stupider stuff that i look back on and just flat out embarrassed versus 30 year old lisa There was a lot of stuff that I didn't know that I continued to do. And I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought I was doing the right thing, right? But really, I didn't have any boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't, like, I thought I was supposed to act a certain way. I thought I was supposed to be a certain person instead of just being me. I was faking the funk. Because that's what I thought you had to do. I thought there was a certain standard. I didn't realize I set the standard for myself. Mm. I didn't realize that. I set the standard for myself. And that was something that I had to learn. Um, what they what's that quote? With years comes wisdom. It's definitely true because now that I'm 30, there is nothing that no one can tell me. Because I set the standard for Lisa, I set the standard for myself, I set the standard for who and what I will deal with. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we gonna discuss how nobody can throw nothing in your face. hey welcome back how are you welcome back so we need to talk about when we embrace our stories there is nothing that anybody can throw in our face because we have to own what we've been through we have to own what we've been through the thing is When we've done something that we're not so proud of, when we own that, meaning we address it, we hold ourselves accountable, we discuss it, and we think of better ways to do things, nobody can come back and say, oh, well, she used to be like this and she used to do X, Y, and Z, which that may be true. However, I have taken the steps to do certain things to get where I need to be. We have to hold ourselves accountable the same way we expect other people to hold us accountable in the same way we expect to hold other people accountable. This is probably one of the hardest things that we do in our life is holding ourselves accountable, holding ourselves to a standard where we are addressing ourselves We are not perfect beings. We are not perfect people. We are not perfect in any shape or form. And there are people that they are so hard on themselves that they have to be perfect. I was one of them. I was one of those people where I felt like I had to look a certain way. I had to dress a certain way. I had to talk a certain way. I had to be a certain way. One of the examples that always comes back to mind that's just so embarrassing to me was when I was in college, I got real, real heavy into church. I was in a very, very small town in Missouri. I was going to school out there, um, got involved with a with a. Uh, what's it called an on-campus ministry which I started going to their church and I mean everything everybody was so perfect and I know like I was talking to those people and they're like oh no I'm not perfect I'm a sinner blah, blah. but the way everybody like upheld themselves and the way everybody just put themselves in a position to where you know guess they were sinners but they did so much stuff and everything was just about God like I started to transform into that like Every every Facebook status was, oh, you know, um, I failed a test, but God is still good. Or um, I'm just so glad I got saved because, you know, God still got like it was just so like godly. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that's bad. And I'm not talking about but it wasn't me is what I'm getting at. It wasn't me. I'm not the type of person to hide behind my spirit, my, my spiritual life. Like I believe in God. I know God is good, but when I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I'm not going to sit up here and be like, oh, I'm hurt, but you know, I'm still blessed and highly favored. That's not me. And that might be somebody else, but that's not who Lisa is. And that's not who Lisa should pretend to act like. But during this time, which I was in my early 20s, that's how I felt. Like I felt like if I was really going to be a believer in God, this is how I had to act. If I really was going to, quote unquote, bring people to believe in God, I had to act like this. But what I was losing was my authenticity. And one of the things that people love about me was I'm authentic. I'm very transparent. I'm going to give you whatever it is that I got. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I'm this way and and I'm not but in that moment that's all I was I mean it 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 was so crazy like I I'm not even a hugger but because I was around all these people that just love to hug and rub like rub your back I was doing that and at one point I remember I hugged somebody and she was like this is really awkward and I was like you know This is really awkward. I actually don't like this. And she was like, why do you go around hooking people? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was the environment I was in. I felt like I had to be something. And sometimes I look back at that because people bring that up all the time. Like, yeah, girl, you were a Jesus freak. Like it's to the point where like people didn't even want to talk to me because like everything was always Jesus, 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 which is cool. But that just wasn't who I was. Like, I'm a believer, but I'm also Lisa. You know, I'm, and I was conforming to this culture that it did not fit me. It did not fit me. It did not work well with me. And sometimes I think about that and it's so embarrassing, y'all. <laughs> it is so embarrassing. And I cannot, I cannot is so embarrassing um but i also had to confront that part of my life i had to confront some of the people that i was talking to i had to confront even the church i was going to and really like just be honest like i you know i feel like when i come to you all i have to be a certain way and what really made me confront it was In 2014, when Mike Mike Brown was murdered in St. Louis and the people, the same people I was doing all this stuff with were dog walking Mike Brown. And I was like, well, wait a minute. This ain't going to work for me. Because ain't no way I just sat up in your house and ate your food and prayed with you. And you telling me that that police officer ain't wrong. And you telling me that Mike Brown deserves to die. Like, ain't no way you praying to the same Jesus that I'm praying to saying that a young child who just graduated from high school deserves to die. Like, this ain't going to work. Like, this relationship not going to work. And for them to tell me, like, well, we should be able to still be friends and disagree. Not on that we can't and it put me back into my authentic self of no this is not gonna work because at this point all y'all are lying and all y'all are faking it like y'all not really who y'all say y'all are y'all claim that y'all love everybody y'all claim that y'all love jesus but y'all not even acting like that and so Needless to say, I did lose my relationship with that church and with the people that I was meeting with, because it did come to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I'm lying to myself, too, by being part of this group, because I don't agree with nothing that y'all saying or doing. I'm literally changing my whole presentation of myself to conform to a group who don't even understand where I come from y'all not even trying to get to know who i am but i'm over here trying to figure out who are you where are you from how we get along what is it how we doing can we kick it let's read the bible together like trying to do all the stuff to try to prove that i'm worthy enough to be in this group and y'all not even on a standard to be in my presence and i don't mean that in a cocky way but i mean that in a Y'all not even authentic, you know, and that's a part of my life that I am embarrassed to talk about because I was in a very, very racist town. And I was around a lot of people that I just did not see at that time who really just truly don't agree, don't love, don't care to learn about like where I come from. You know i even remember like some of these people when i was telling like how i grew up some of them would even tell me like i was around like demonic people and demonic spirits and i'm like yo you talking about my family here like you can't say that because it don't fit your standard and that was embarrassing because it was almost like sometimes i was choosing them over my family and that's embarrassing. That is so ugly to me because anybody that knows me knows I'm all for my family. I would do anything for my family. So to be in a position to where I'm faking the funk for people who didn't even care to learn about who I am and where I was coming from was embarrassing. And I don't like to talk about it, but in my book, Everyone Has a Story, I have a whole chapter where I discuss this and I even put like some old Facebook posts in my book to show y'all like where i was coming from where i was at because the reality of that is during that time that's where i was during that time that's that's who i was and regardless if i knew i was being fake or not during that time i know now And I can act accordingly and I can adjust to it and I can make amends with people that I probably did hurt during that time. And I can work to be a better person and I can take notes on myself and address myself and really come to it to where it's like, you know, this is who I was during that time, but I'm no longer that person. I do have a certain standard now. I do have a certain way of talking, way of presenting myself now. And while it may make other people comfortable, I'm not going to stop being my authentic self to make somebody else feel better. Because during that time, that's exactly what I was doing. And y'all, like, just to be completely honest, like, even now, like, telling this story, like, my heart is pumping, like, so fast. And I'm like, yo, chill, it's cool. Like, we already addressed it. But that's how it affects me. But that's honestly how you embrace it. Hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable. Address the situation at hand. Understand that people were hurt. Understand that you were hurt. Understand that not everybody will forgive you for the time not everybody will want to be back in contact with you but you still have to make amends with yourself and with and with your past and with the situation at hand you can't always just assume you can't always suppress it and assume that it would just go away i used to do that too i used to always just be like it'll go away it's fine no if we want to truly truly embrace ourselves and we want to truly truly be at a place to where we are being our authentic selves, we do have to adjust our past. Okay. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the ways that we can embrace our past. welcome back to the healing she got faith show episode six if you're just now tuning in we have been talking about how to embrace our story what that looks like i just gave y'all a real intimate story about how i was faking faking the funk one of the things i wanted to talk talk to y'all about is in my book everyone has a story on page 143 i give you all an example of a friend who called who called me out basically? I was going through a really bad breakup. I was dealing with some stuff that I should not have been dealing with during this breakup and during this breakup, I was really trying to be the good guy like I wanted things to be so simple. I wanted it to be so nice that like these people just kind of forgot about the situation instead of really addressing like y'all had me messed up on every occasion like no. So um, I'm over here being nice, trying to, you know, get things situated, trying to really be the bigger person. And at one point, I finally just break down. And while I'm going through this, I'm not telling anybody what I'm going through except for like a handful of people. And really, the only reason why I'm telling a handful of people is because at this point, I'm at my breaking point. I'm having a difficult time. I'm like, I'm about to lose my mind if i have to deal with something else i am literally going to lose it so during the uh in the book like i said page 143 um one of my friends i end up calling her i was actually at a gym in a gym class probably a dancing class and i end up calling her and i just break down crying i mean break down crying and i just tell her like everything that's going on and she was like lisa you are tripping because this person does not think highly of you but this person don't even think highly of themselves. you're expecting this person to have so much respect for you but yet the person don't even have self-worth and you could tell them how they're using it and you're falling into that trap lisa you've done everything you could do You've apologized, which you don't really need to apologize to, but you apologize because you, she said, you're an empath, you're a social worker. You understand that there are different perspectives. So because of who you are, because of your practices, you apologize to a situation that you never caused. Cool. I You know, I'll take that. Then she was like, then on top of that, you're going above and beyond to make a group of people happy that don't want to be happy. You're you're literally dying emotionally because you're dealing with people who don't even care of who you are personally. Anybody that knows you knows that you're nice. You're nice. You you got an attitude. You got a temper. You're not perfect. But at the end of the day, you're going to do what's right. Regardless if it's right for you or right for them, you're going to do what's right. But because this other party don't think highly of you, is killing you. Why is it killing you? You got to learn that how other people view you is not your concern. You did what you had to do. You went above and beyond. However, if they don't accept it, that don't got nothing to do with you. And from that moment on, I literally had to start working on my self-worth. Because I had let myself get to a point to where I really just thought I deserved everything bad that happened to me. I felt so unworthy. So unworthy because of people who, one, didn't know me, and two, who were just too immature, and three, who were just too hurt to really understand what they were doing to another human being. My God. Settling for less. Going above and beyond to fix a situation that I never even ruined, to put it quite frank. And so from that moment, I had to start working on my self-worth. I started this healing journey of I need to address a lot of my past because I have to forgive myself. I have to forgive myself for who it is that I was back then, but... In order to become this new healed Lisa, I have to address myself to be able. I have to address myself to be able to be the better person that I want to be. And that's the tricky part of embracing your story, because we do have to address those ugly parts, those ugly parts that make us cringe. That make us want to throw up that make us not want to talk about it and then those habits because it's not only your past but it's your present it's your current it's your current habits that are stopping you like for me my eating habits are terrible i need discipline in that i need discipline in my eating habits i need discipline in my exercise log i need discipline in making healthier decisions and i oftentimes imagine if I can get down the food, imagine what else I could get down. It's holding holding yourself accountable, not just from the past, but your present. A lot of us have goals. It's supposed to be the new year, so a lot of us are doing vision boards. A lot of us are doing New Year's resolutions. A lot of us are doing day-by-day goals, week-by-week goals, five-year plans. But if we don't address the past and we don't address today, A lot of that stuff doesn't get complete because we just don't have the discipline nor the boundaries to truly put forth our best foot and while we think we got it sometimes it's hard for us to accept help because we don't know what that may look like and we don't want to touch those ugly parts of ourselves so, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish discussing Embracing Our Stories. Welcome back to the Healer She Got Faith Show, Episode 6. Today's episode is titled, Embracing Your Story. And we are going through the steps of how to embrace our story. What does it look like? How do we do that? So if you remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about just different habits that we can do to truly embrace our story. So we're gonna kind of revisit those, but right now I'm only gonna focus on four. And so the four that I wanna focus on for the remainder of this episode are journaling discipline boundaries and mental health support so let's start with journaling if you know me if you've been here um from day one you know i am a journaler you if you order the everyone has a story bundle there is a guided journal included in that and what does journaling do journaling is my safe space I can write out everything. I can see it. I can work on it. It just does something to me. Journaling is really how I got my voice because whenever I couldn't speak, I was talking to my journal, the pen and paper. There's something about pen and paper that just makes magic happen. So when we journal, we can actually look at those habits. We can actually look at those scenarios. We can actually look at those things that are holding us back because we are journaling about them. We're writing about it. If we're really sad today, next week, we can come back to the journal and see what we were sad about and you know, evaluate how we felt. What could have been better? What, you know, what did we do? Was it our fault? Was it somebody else's fault? Did I overreact? Whatever the case may be, we can do that. I'm not going to lie. That is why I love texting because if I'm having a conversation with somebody via text and I see that I get upset about something, um i honestly see that i can see where i'm wrong and i can see what happened i love texting because of that i can go back and i could be like oh i misread your text message because i thought you said x y z but i realized i read too fast so let me apologize because i see that it's and it's also a way a format of um keeping me accountable because I can always reflect on the text messages you know if I talk to you on the phone I can't really do that I can't say well I said this and you said this no that's I can't do that but in texting I can go back and texting reminds me a lot of journaling a lot like journaling because there is that accountability aspect for myself and for the other person so I definitely um I'm a texter Email is even better. I love email and it's just, it's that its that writing aspect that I just love. And of course, like if there's a typo, if there's a misword, if autocorrect got to me, I can see that. The second one I, talk, I want to talk about is discipline. So there's a lot that goes into our habits. There's a lot that goes into everything that we are dealing with. There's a lot that goes into us not being successful or being where we want in life. A lot of that comes, a lot of times that comes from it. it's just simple discipline. Not spending money, n- not buying that cheeseburger, um, not going out, or you know, not laying in bed all day. There's a thing is discipline. You know, having a goal in mind, knowing the steps to take, and having the discipline to do to do those steps to get where you need to be. Now, there are things that do stop us such as depression, anxiety, mental health in general, health in general, that sometimes we cannot get to where we need to be. Which brings me to my third, which is mental health support. So in mental, I'm going to say um, health and mental health. Because sometimes if we have a physical issue, then that will stop us. But if it's mental, then we do need that mental health support which through mental health we're going to learn that fourth thing i want to talk about which is boundaries so with your mental health support that might be therapy that might be counseling that might be some type of group you might join an online community there might be certain mental health support resources that help you so like if you suffer from depression there might be a community out there that allows you to discuss that and they might give you some tips and tricks you might um talk to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist tells you you know i think this medicine might help you for a certain amount of time um or like me i have diabetes so a lot of times if i'm not giving my body the right nutrition that does affect my mental because with diabetes it's not only physical, you do get peculiar moods. You do get certain things that come to you. So I might go to my doctor who sends me to nutrition, a nutritionist who will help me kind of plan out my meal so that I can be better and I will have more energy. Because a lot of times with myself personally, because I'm, and let me just tell you, I'm always gonna talk about myself. I'm not gonna talk about nobody else. I'm gonna talk about what I've been through because again, how I figured out how I had a story was because I sat with myself. So one of the things I sat with was I had very poor eating habits, and I did research. Which, when I mean by research, I evaluated how I grew up. I, I if you don't know, both my parents are deceased, so I talked to um, older family members. I talked to my big sister, my little brother, and kind of just evaluated some of the habits we were taught growing up, and it made me realize. The different, the reason why I am the way I am is, BB. Blah, 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 blah. I am like, whoo! <laughs> I got a tongue twister today. The reason why I am the way I am is because of the habits I grew up with. Because I had the realization my parents didn't know what they didn't know. They were doing the best they can with what they had. Me being who I am, I'm learning to not downplay my parents, but to just be a better me so like obesity runs in the family diabetes runs in the family cancers run in the family how do i prevent that how do i become a better person how do i stop that i want i want to stop this generational curse of unhealthy habits that comes from discipline that comes from mental health support that comes from boundaries That comes with checking myself. That comes with sitting with myself. That comes from holding myself accountable. I cannot blame anybody else for my weight. Ain't nobody shoving ice cream down down my throat. Nobody. So I have to take responsibility for my eating habits. Because even though I grew up with bad eating habits, I have the opportunity to make that better today. So I have to hold myself accountable for that. Going back to the mental health support, I have had diagnosed depression and anxiety. So I couldn't do a lot of stuff on my own. I needed that therapist. I needed that group. I needed that support system to really help me. There were days where I would eat my emotions. So not only was that a health issue, it was also a mental health issue. So I had to really address that and I had to come to a point where I had to know that I was worthy enough to be healthy because I didn't think I was worthy enough. I didn't think I deserved to be healthy. I thought this was the way life was supposed to be. What I just told y'all is me embracing my story because as I say that I'm shaking because that's embarrassing. That's not something I want to share. But I just broadcasted it to a whole radio station that is international, y'all. Like, this is an international platform. I just said that. But it comes from being able to sit with yourself. Nobody can throw my weight in my face because I've already sat with myself. I've already put the resources in place to where I'm trying to get better. And guess what? It's not happening overnight, and it's frustrating. However, however, it's something that I'm working on my mental health. I have a therapist. I meet with my therapist weekly. And when I can't meet with her weekly, I have worksheets or I have a journal assignment that I'm turning into her because that helps me be accountable. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about is boundaries. This is something that I'm no expert in. I'm actually just now learning healthy boundaries with my therapist and what that looks like is saying no knowing your limit i i wish that we were taught boundaries in school i wish that we were taught that we could walk away that we could say no a lot of times we were taught that you just have to take what someone is giving you and really that's not really how it is we don't have to take anything that we don't want to take we don't Okay. And so for me with boundaries, I have always been that person that just always showed up, always spent money, always did it. I did everything for free. Um, I mean, anything you can think of. That was me. That was me. I was just doing it, I was out here just giving myself away. Because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. That's that going back to church, you know, sacrifice yourself for, for everybody else. But when I was breaking down and I was losing myself, I didn't have too many people in my corner that was really checking for me or telling me that, Hey, you don't have to do this. A lot of times it was people telling me to just push through you got this, it's going to work out, you did this, which I get it, you're trying to be positive, but really someone just needed to tell me, you don't have to do all of that. If ain't nobody paying you, you don't owe them nothing. Even if someone offers to pay you, you can still say no, because our money ain't good money. If it's not fulfilling your passion, you don't have to do that. If you're not happy while doing it, you don't have to. If you start a project and you realize this ain't it, then don't do it. If you're in a relationship and you realize three months down the line that you're miserable, let that person go. As hard as it might be, have the conversation and say, I'm just not happy no more. But I can't continue to live like this. I'm about to let it go. Like it's It's about to be done unless we fix it. But if you don't see what I see, then it's not going to work. You know, and I've had that. I've had that issue with family and friends too. Like, you're not seeing what I'm coming from. You're not seeing what I'm seeing. You're not feeling what I'm feeling. There are some things that I have tried because I thought I would really like it, and in the middle of it, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I probably will never do this ever again. Like, I tried it once. It's cool. Whatever um i stopped doing everything for free y'all everything that i did for free i stopped doing i am no longer in the business of doing volunteer work and doing anything for free i've done enough of that in my 30 years of life i've done enough it's time for me to make money because everybody else is making money out here it's it's time for me to do the same That's one of my boundaries. If it's free, I'm probably not going to do it. Even if it's something that I truly, truly believe in, I'm probably not going to do it if I don't get something out of it. Because it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work for me. I've done enough free stuff for everybody else. And I can't say too many people have done something for me. So it's not a give and take thing. It's a boundary thing. It's that, you know, I've done this so much. I'm tired of doing free stuff. I need to, you know... I need to get paid for what I'm doing now. And so a lot of us have that issue where we feel obligated to situations and people that we don't necessarily have to feel obligated to. So to end today's show, if you stuck with me this whole time, because we did a lot of talking today, um, embrace your story. My challenge for you this week is to sit with yourself. Um, go ahead and buy the everyone has a story book bundle. It is on my website, healingshegotfate.org. It comes with a planner journal and novel. Go ahead and get that and start with the journal. I already have guided questions in there for you to start embracing your story. I promise you, you are so worth it. Really, all you need to do to embrace your story is to sit with yourself. Hold yourself accountable and move for and move forward. Holding yourself accountable means addressing the stuff that hurts you, seeking help professional and from friends and family. And sit in, and sitting with yourself. We have that's what COVID gave us, y'all. I wanna I wanna end the show with this. That's what COVID gave us. COVID gave us the life lesson to sit with ourselves. The life lesson to just sit down and a lot of us failed because we couldn't sit with ourselves. Let's break that generational curse and let's sit with ourselves. All right. I want you all to always remember to love you the way you love the world. I want you to embrace your story because I don't care what nobody say. Your story is it. Shout out to Total Entertainment Radio. Shout out to my team there. And we will catch you next Monday at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern with Episode 7. All right, y'all. Enjoy the rest of y'all Monday. I love y'all.